Amen. Cool. Thanks, Nick. Lekker jylle. Um, so, the, I'm Geeton, and this is my beautiful wife, Benedette. Yeah. And my family is also here, all the way from Paul. Quite a long drive, but they are here. Um, <laughs> my voice is actually gone because um, I don't know if you guys know Gala and Jean. They were actually part of our congregation. Who knows Gala and Jean? Can I... So it was actually their wedding yesterday. They got married yesterday. Isn't that amazing? Eh? Um, <clears throat> yes, I feel, like, I feel like it's a girl voice coming out now. <laughs> but anyway, um, so what we really want to share to you guys, it's not, we're not saying goodbye yet. Uh, you'll hopefully hear of us when we do say goodbye. But this is really just something of... Um, Something that we dream of Sally's PM walking into. It's really something of like we've been now part of this congregation for around two and a half years. And we really trust the Lord that, that this might be something that we could share from our lives. Um, that we're not perfect, but this is, could be something that the Lord really wants for us as a church together. And I was just reminded of when, oh, just yesterday when Jean just walked up the aisle and just the picture of that we are the bride of Christ, that he is longing for us and that he cannot wait for us to walk down that aisle and for his bride to walk towards him and everyone fades away. All the attention is just on the bride and Jesus. And I really trust that tonight that there would be something of we want to make ourselves um, ready for when Jesus comes that we could be the pure and spotless bride that he desires for us. Um, so I'm just going to first give it over to Bernadette, and then um, I'll share afterwards. <laughs> I thought I might be a little less nervous in the second service, but I'm still a little nervous. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you guys have heard, we had Galan Jean's wedding yesterday, and we were both part of the bridal party, so it's been starting since Thursday, prepping, and Friday, um, setting up everything. They got married in their uncle's backyard, so it was basically building everything from the ground up, and it was amazing to be part of it, but we only slept at two this morning, so we're standing here on lots of grace, and relying only on the Spirit, so it's a good place to be. Um, yeah, just together we prayed, and when Leonard asked us to almost share, um, and almost like a farewell, Sally's PM message, it would be awkward if we say farewell, and we're still here for five more weeks, hopefully not, but um, yeah, just... We just prayed and sat together and just thought, oh, well, there's so many things that we have seen in this time and being part of Sally's PM and also just in this last while of this interesting season, um, just to give some context, we... Last year, August, our process sort of started from deciding we want to move to the Netherlands from someone contacting us and asking, you know, are we keen to just be part of the church on that side? And we thought January will be there, and it's June, and we're still here, but the Lord is in control. Um, yeah, and we, oh yes, we've just been, it's been such a privilege to be part of this congregation. And um, Gideon mentioned we were part of the first little group that planted um, Sally's PM, which was about 40 people, and now we two services were about 300 to 400 people together, which is amazing, um, and how the Lord has moved, and also what we could have witnessed in this time, and just some of the things that we've just 
learned in this process, um, we want to almost leave with you guys again and just the encouragement, um, things from our, our season in Salis PM and also things from this last few months in this process of like moving from couch to bed to house, wherever someone can host us because we already gave up our apartment last year in November. Um, yeah, so just to start with this, it's, it's, been such a privilege to see how many people met the Lord in this in, in Sally's PM. And I just remember Talana, I don't know where she is now. Um, maybe she was just here for the worship. She was in the first service. Um, she came in in 2020, like her first community. She was part of church for probably six, seven months before she had an in-person meeting with anyone. Like she joined over Zoom and so many people in such an interesting time. We planted in a month, like a week or two later was lockdown, you know, and the Lord was so faithful. And we could have just seen so many people laying aside lukewarmness, laying aside what they thought it was to be a Christian um, and meeting the person of Jesus. And also others that actually found him for the first time. You know, I'm not going to do it now, but I'm sure over the two services, if you ask who met Jesus for the first time in this, in Sally's PM, many will put up their hands. And I'm just so inspired to, and also to encourage you guys, if you are part of the, the body and you are a Christian, like to not lose heart, to in, to evangelize and disciple, like you will see the fruits of your labor. The Lord says where the gospel is preached, it will not go vain. Like to just encourage you guys to, I know sometimes it's tiring, but the Lord is so in control. Like he, he, he wants us to love his people and to walk with them daily. Um, yeah, and just in that one thing that we obviously needed to rely on Stally's PM a lot in this time and also in the last few years, it's been amazing to see how the church has just grown in hospitality. In the beginning, we were, um, I think we started with three or four communities and myself and Geetan and Leonard and Godfrey and they were the only married couples. The rest were all young or like young working or students and just how we've grown as a church is amazing. The amount of um, all the people that have joined us as well. Um, and in that, um, just the hospitality as well, just hearing how people are having worship evenings and things and having people sleep over at their homes. And yeah, it's really something of the Lord amongst us that we can see. Um, yeah, just the first scripture that I want to share is in Romans 12, verse 13. <clears throat> and it says, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And yeah, just in this time, we've been so blessed by people opening up their homes, even just for us, um, where we had to rely on on people opening their homes for us and saying, you know, you're welcome to come and stay with us. We have a bed. We have a single bed. You can share it if you want to. Um, yeah, and and this scripture just encourages us, you know, seek opportunities, seek to show hospitality. You might have a very small little bachelor flat. Um, I'm just thinking of Ulrich. I don't, I don't know if he's here, but um, one weekend I went away with Jean and her bridesmaids, and Gideon just posted a message on one of the groups. If anyone is keen to host uh, me, um, my wife is away, I'm needing of a place to stay. Ulrich, with, with his little bachelor's flat, just immediately messaged Gideon and said, Gideon, it's very small, but you're welcome to come and stay with me, you know? Just something of that, like, was just such a blessing for us. And I want to encourage you guys, always seek opportunity. Opportunity to have an open heart and an open and open lives, and 
if you don't have a place to f- actually offer someone to sleep, like put up your hands, say you can have worship evening at my home, have suppers at your home, and if it's too small, encourage people to join you in the park for lunch or whatever it may be. But yeah, just something that I want to share with you guys. And many people saw Jesus because of the hospitality and the openness we have amongst us. Um, yeah, and we want to continue with that as new people join our church and our body. Like we want to see that DNA continue and we come back in a year or two and see and come visit Stalys um, to see that that is something that's really a value amongst us. Um, yeah, and something else that I sort of want to link with that was having open lives. It's just we've seen in that time, obviously with lockdown, many people, we had to isolate. We had to be away from one another um, and also, as time moved on, and we, it's not necessary to actually isolate anymore as long or having to have strict lockdown, still people are in this mindset of isolation. Um, yeah, and we've just seen in this time how important it was for us to remain in the body, to remain amongst the people. Like, Gideon's family is here a year they're from Paul. We always have an open home to go and stay with them. But we knew, like, we can't just stay there permanently because we need our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to be with one another. And it's like a, a little call that's taken out of a fire. When you're not with other people in your church, in your congregation, you're almost like, it's like a flummoxy that goes down. You you start losing your love for one another, the passion for church, passion for being with one another. Um, yeah, and just I just want to share a scripture regarding that. Um, it's in, just find it now, where is it now? Hebrews 10. Well, sorry. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Next one. Not neglecting to meet together is in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, yeah, and just the scripture basically just reminds of how important it is to meet together, to have fellowship around us and not to isolate ourselves. There's been times where we were tired, you know, living out of bags, everything is permanently creased and you can't find anything. And we were tempted just to like move permanently back to Paul, but we knew we needed the body of Christ. Like just a week or two, then you stay away from from these people that can encourage you in the faith, and you start feeling like, do I really need church? Do I really need the people around me? And I want to encourage you guys, just for, thank you for, just over this time, like, just loving us well, and just having this open lives with us as well. Like, we really, like, enjoyed the friendships and the people that we met in our time in Stalys PM. And just the last thing that I almost want to share is just, um, or oh, it's the second last thing, is how, impo- how important it is to stay in the counsel of many. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says there's wisdom in the counsel of many. And we've just seen over our time in Sally's PM, you know, even though we've been in church for quite a amount of years, Sally's PM is my fifth Josh Chen I've been part of, um, how thankful we are for the fathers in the house. It's Father's Day and we can so much just be thankful for that. And the other leaders in the house, like, please do not try and figure things out on your own. These people around you care for you and want you to come and journey with us, journey with the leaders, journey with the fathers in the house. Even just in our marriage, we are so thankful for the people that spoke into our lives in this time. Yeah, and then the last thing that I want to share quickly um, 
it's just I realized in this time of our season that we had, like we obviously many people come to you and like they want to encourage you and say, don't worry, God is in the waiting or it's God's timing. And after a while, you feel like if one more person says this to me, I'm going to run away. <laughs> you know these things and oh, shame. people just want to help you and encourage you. But it's like in a marriage, sometimes you come to your husband and you're like, oh, I'm just worried about finances. Even though you know God's the provider, they, it's in their nature to say, don't worry, God's the provider. But you know it, you just want to vent. <laughs> so um, just with this, with the same with this thing, like we, we know God is in the waiting in a sense, but there's a song that uh, from Bethel that where the woman sings like over and over, he's in the waiting. <laughs> and basically like I just one night I was laying awake and I was just thinking of this song and it just almost hit me that I don't know if I agree with this. And the reason why I say, say this is that God is not just an add-on to our waiting. Like he is the substance of every season that we go through. And I wrote here that he, he is the substance of what we live for, not an add-on to what we go through. Um, and just like in this time, we've realized, like we just so quickly want to add him to whatever we go through in our seasons. And, but actually, like, here's the thing that we live for. And I just want to share that last scripture in Galatians 2 verse 20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and still loves me. Um, which is if we look at that scripture, like he is the thing that we, he's the, the being, the person that we live for. Like w when we are truly in Christ, it's nothing of ourselves anymore. It's only Jesus that remains. And like Mika said, like less of us and more of you, when she sang that song, like everything of ourselves, we want to give to Jesus so he can be like just brought in a higher place in our lives. And we realize like if that is really our view, and even for us in the season, we had to learn if that is our view, then he's not the add-on. He is the substance. He's the very breath in our lungs. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. Like, whatever you go through and with this, what we went through now, it's just really, like, look to Jesus. He is the one that, he is the one that if you abide in him, like, everything else is bearable. It's not just because you, it's going well or it's going bad. You can quickly just rely on him. Like, he's always, always going to be there. Yeah. So just over to Keaton. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Luffy. Yeah, you guys can just put that on your status today, eh? Like the substance quote. You can get a signature afterwards. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I also just want to share quickly just two points that I felt um, that I want to encourage you guys in. And I actually want to quick, quickly share um, part of my story. So when I, um, I wasn't, when I came to Christianity for the first time, to Jesus for the first time, I remember um, I was invited by a friend to a youth group. <clears throat> I'm still not today sure why I went. I think it was because of a girlfriend, um, to be completely honest. And I know some of us here, I'm checking you, coming to church for a girl or a guy. I know, I'm joking, I'm joking, maybe. <laughs> I see a few reactions, but no, 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 no eye looks, only yeah, eye contact. Anyway, um, but so when I came to you for the first time, I remember coming in there, and there was just such a love that I've experienced from the people that was in the youth. And actually not just for youth, but opening up their homes for me. 
And this is not like students or working. This is actually youth like high school kids that actually opened up their homes for me. And actually just, when we, we, if we drank coffee, we'd have drank coffee and worshipped together. And there would be such a sense of, of love. And I remember, and I, and I still know today, that the reason why I felt so love wasn't because of them. It's because there was a Jesus that they knew that, that was the Jesus that I never knew. That they knew something of Jesus that I never knew in my life. That they had a love in their lives that I never met. And I want to just start with sharing my first point, And it says, our view and intimacy of Jesus will replicate the way that we will love one another. And so as we, as we do life together, the way that you spend time with Jesus, the way that you view Him in your quiet times, in worship, is actually directly going to show the way that you will love other people. It is like that. And, and I really want to trust tonight that there would be something of a change, almost like Nico said, that there would be something of, of a change that the way that we see Jesus, that He would open our eyes, that we would love Him and, and see Him like He wants us to see Him. And actually, I'll, I'll share now a scripture just with you guys where He actually says it, where Jesus desires this thing. But even in, those time, in the time that I... Um, went to youth and stuff, I actually met a friend, and those of you who don't know, I had kidney failure in both kidneys, and I um, had to go through dialysis for three years, and actually met my friend there as we gave our lives to the Lord, who gave, my, gave the kidney to me so that I could actually live longer, and what a, what a genuine love and a laying down of your life, love, it was, just to experience this thing of what does it truly mean to know the love for one another amongst the saints, the way that Jesus desires it. And so just before we put up a scripture, um, <clears throat> I want you to imagine that Jesus, well, in any, in any way, like any circumstance, like if someone is on their way to their crucifixion or um, on their way to die, I think it's a very important thing to listen to what they are saying because it's something that's been very valuable in their lives, something that's really meant a lot for them. And so uh, Leonard actually shared this yesterday night at Galen Jean's wedding, but um, it really just resonates with me that this is really something that Jesus desires for every one of us. And basically on his, on his way um, to the crucifixions, there's certain things that he said. And I really believe if Jesus says something we need to listen, eh? This is, this, is, this is a couple of days or I think weeks just before he went and died for us on the cross. And I believe we really need to hear, this is Jesus' dream for us. This is his prayer for us. If you want to know what, what, what Jesus is desiring for you and for us as a church, just listen to this. And let's just go through, slowly through this. Um, it's in, um, in John 17. And this is Jesus speaking. I do not ask for these only, which in context, the people that he was around, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, which is obviously us, that God wants to speak to us as well. And it says, um, Father, um, <clears throat> sorry, that they may be one just as you, Father, are in me, but I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, and that they may be 
e one even as we are one, and I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given the given me because you because you what's that word because you loved me before the foundations of the world O righteous father even though the world does not know you i know you and these know that you have uh, you have sent me i made known to them your name and i will continue to make known that your love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. And so the beautiful picture that Jesus is, is creating for us and which is he's praying to the Father is he's, he's actually saying that the same oneness that Jesus and the Father has with one another, that that would be the same oneness that we would have. Isn't that mind-blowing? That the same oneness that they have, the same unity, the same love, the same heart, the same mind, Jesus says, I want you to be with that same oneness that they have. That, is, that, is just, that just blows my mind. I will literally stare an hour at that scripture and just behold what Jesus just said, that he desires for us to be one, just like he and the Father are one. And I imagine how would a church look like? How would our view of Jesus and love for one another look like if we actually get that right, where we are one with the Father and one with Jesus. Imagine the way that we would love one another. Wouldn't that be, that would be so attractive. And I really desire, and I'm not saying we're getting it wrong at all, but I really think that there is more. There's more for us, that when people come in, when visitors come in, that there will be such a love that we receive from the Father and Jesus, that people cannot deny that this is Jesus. This, this is the King of Kings. And, um, yeah, I think really it's something, it's something that's not just going to happen in an instant. It's actually, uh, in, I think it's in the book of Mark. It speaks about John the Baptist, and it says that, that John grew in the Spirit as he followed the Lord. And I trust that we as a church, that we would grow in the love of the Lord, that we would grow in the love for one another. But it needs to start somewhere. It needs to start at a place of being one with the Lord being in, in your quiet times with Him and, and spending time with Him and really loving one another with that love that He's given us already on the cross, actually. And so the second thing that I want to share, and I'll end off with this, basically, is, is just that we would have a childlike faith. And I really believe that I'll, I'll share a scripture to you guys now, but Jesus desires for us as a church that we would have a childlike faith. And I remember when I was in, in school in Paul, I remember just when I got saved that there was a time where we, we didn't really know a lot. We were just a bunch of guys that got saved and we knew that Jesus wants to save the people in the school. And so what we did was we started a prayer meeting group, a couple of guys, four, four or five guys, and we literally just said, Lord, we don't know what you've done to us and, and, and how we are different now and how we feel different about you. But Jesus, would you just come and do something in the school? Would you just 
like, like children, we came before him. He said, Lord, would you change this place? And Yanku, actually, a couple of years later, can testify that people met Jesus for the first time. And there was very much a revival in the school happening of people ex- accepting Jesus for the first time, people seeing Jesus for the first time. And I remember our youth, when I came in, our youth was about 50, 70 people. After that, there was boys' eyes, big Lekker sterk mannen met rappie en stitte en alle, alle groot mannen en boys. It literally came to the youth. And we were about 400 and 450 people in the youth. And God really did something of, of like just he, he showed up. He touched people's lives. And I could see and I could testify that there was a, 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 a childlike faith that we had in front of the Lord that the Lord loved. And he actually just, he just showed up and he changed everything that we ever thought about. And even with the Netherlands, just the other story is, um, I remember how Peter, well, they, they came here to Josh Jane, uh, uh, sorry, to Hootspreit in 412, one of our congregations, and they saw something of Jesus. They gave their lives to Jesus, and when they went back to the Netherlands, they thought, but this is, we're not seeing the same thing. Along a journey, a couple of months went by, and they went back to the Netherlands after coming again to South Africa. And they said, we are going to start something. And we are trusting the Lord that what he's doing in South Africa, what he's doing in Joshin, that we will see it in our lives. And they literally, a couple of guys and, and uh, just a couple of families, just in a circle, just said, Lord, like, just like that childlike faith, not knowing um, like all the theological um, sermons and scriptures and stuff, but literally as children came before them, the Lord, and just said, Lord, would you come and show, would you show your spirit to us? And literally person after person started prophesying, speaking in tongues, getting baptized, and there was a, a transformation, and today they planted a church um, in another area, there are about 100 people in the church at the moment, and God really did something in the church, and I really trust for us that there would be a childlike faith in our hearts, very much like um, the story of the, the woman with the blood um, problem, that in the crowd of many people, um, she knew that if she could just touch Jesus, if she could just touch him, she would get healed. You can't tell me that's not childlike faith. Who would do that if they didn't have something in their hearts of saying, if I could just touch Jesus, I might be healed. And as she touched Jesus in the crowd, Jesus realized that something happened just now. And that, that woman got healed. But I trust that there would be a childlikeness in our hearts, that, that everything us, in us would want Jesus, that, it, that we would desire him as children, that we would desire him, and not as intellectual and, and prideful people try to figure out God and try to explain all the theological ways, but it's actually his presence that changes us. And so a scripture that I quickly want to share, what Jesus actually is saying in Matthew 18 it says, and calling to him a child, um, he, put him in, uh, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name, receives me. 
hey, yo, and I really trust that this scripture is actually speaking for himself, that Jesus is longing for people's hearts to be childlike, that we wouldn't be, if you think of a child, if I would tell her, if there would be a child, yeah, and, and someone would tell him there's a chocolate and a balloon in the other room, go and check it out. I promise you that child will run as fast as he can, and he would run to get that, that, that chocolate and that um, balloon. But it feels like adults are different. Like we are uh, growing up, you, get, you start to become more skeptical, and you start to become different. And I think Jesus wants to change something that, of that in us. Imagine us, a group of people, saying, Lord, we need you. We need you, Jesus. We are so broken without you. Would you come and change our lives? Would you come and change everything in our midst that we are known for and that we know. And imagine what, imagine what would happen in the Marty's newspaper, eh? Yes, sir. Imagine stories of guys being radical saved on the street, people being healed. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. I don't know about you guys, but I trust for this. I trust that there would be yeah, really a revival of what's happening in Stalys because of people's hearts being like Jesus as children, as people humbling ourselves. We know that it's only you that change our lives. Um, yeah, that we would be, yeah, that we would be a people of the same heart and the same mind, in unity together. And it wouldn't be like Leonard or Godfrey or someone preaching on a Sunday, and we would just listen and move on with our lives. But that what what was preached, that we would think about those things, that we would keep it to heart and wrestle with those things throughout the week. It's not going to help we carry on until next Sunday, the new preach is happening. We need to bring that in action, what's being preached, or what the Lord is highlighting to us today, and actually wrestle with the Lord. And I want to end off with, a, with, a, with a, um, basically a quote that Derek Prince um, shared, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it because I, I don't have it correctly, but he basically what he says is that if you want to see a generation change for the kingdom of God, the best place to start is that if you um, move away from the TV seat in front of the television and you exchange that with spending time with the Lord and His people. And isn't that profound? And I really think that one of the biggest, the biggest um, struggles that we have in today's time and one of the things that actually can keep us away from the Lord and, and what His desires are is social media. It's Netflix. It's those things. I'm not saying it's bad or but I'm saying it, it's distracting us. And it's, it, I, can ex I can testify of my own life and Bernie. We've realized that social media has been really, it's been distracting us from what the Lord really has for us. May we really be a people that would spend more time with Jesus and his people than on social media and on movies on those things. Because Jesus can come back tomorrow. And would we be the bride that he's longing for, the bride that he's desiring for, that we'd be hungry and thirsty for him, and that when new people come in, that we'd, we, love, we would love them. And not just the new people, but as a family, that we would truly want to love one another and truly desire to see his kingdom coming in our midst. So I'm quickly going to pray for us and um, yeah, then give over to Nick. Yo, Jesus, we, yo, Lord, we want to say, we haven't arrived in this area, Lord. We, we are so broken without you, Lord. But we know that you have a dream, Jesus. We know that you desire something for us as your bride. And Lord, may we not move on unless we've, we've been with you, Lord. Unless we've catched something of your heart, Lord. And I pray, Lord, today that there would be a shift in our hearts. 
a shift in our lives, Lord, that we would want you more than anything else, that there would be an example in, our, in the midst of us of people that would be like the women with the, with the blood sickness, that we would just want to touch Jesus, that we would just want to be with you, Lord, that we want to be with the King of Kings because we know that you satisfy us and that you change our lives. And Lord, we trust for Stallies that there would be something breaking open in our midst, Lord, to see your spirit move, Lord, would you come and do something in our midst, Lord? Would you change our lives, Lord? Oh, Jesus. Amen. Cool. Lekker. Thanks, Nick.